climate change, poverty, mental health, young people and adults face a world of constant change. It's the connections we make, innovations and education that come together to help us make a difference. Welcome to the power of young people to change the world. In this program, we bring together leaders that share stories designed to inspire you to serve, learn, and change the world. Now, here's your host, Amy Muirs. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to The Power of Young People to Change the World. I'm your host, Amy Muirs, and I'm here every Thursday on Voice America Empowerment Radio, where we explore how young people are using their ideas, creativity, and passion to shape a better world, and how educators are utilizing the power of service learning to redesign education. Today's guests are truly utilizing the power of service learning to make an impact in their schools and in their communities. I was first introduced to teacher BT Sekasenge. We have been practicing her name and then I still, Sekasenge. BT Sekasenge. Um, she joined NYLC Certificate in Service Learning Instructional Leadership Program last summer. And BT, she's the Service Learning Divisional Representative for the American International School in Johannesburg, where she has overseen service learning for the past five years. And it was such a wonderful opportunity to get to know her. Um, and the amazing work that she and her students have been doing. And she's joined today by two students, Anna and Shanze. Now, I, had, I did have the pleasure to hear Shanze present at the 2021 National Service Learning Conference, where she shared how she's tackling gender-based violence in concert with the UN campaign, 16 Days of Activism Against Gender-Based Violence, and how her experience as a hockey player inspired her commitment to this effort. Now, um, I'm not sure if she remembers this or knows this, but NYLC is based in Minnesota, which we say is the state of hockey. So we have uh, the men's um, professional team, the Wild. We have the White Caps, which is our women's professional team. And here, every community, big or small, rural or urban, has an ice rink. And um, any native Minnesotan will tell you that they have, they probably learned to skate around the age of three. So I'm really interested in hearing how ice hockey looks in South Africa, but also how it's connected to her passion on this um, really important issue. So I know Anna also also has a passion of her own sustainable fashion, which is also something I'm very interested in. So um, I'm really excited to explore that topic and how she's taking that passion and educating others on how to reduce um, their negative impact on the planet. And I do want to thank each of you guys for being here with me today on the show. And I know if I did my calculations correct, which, you know, may or may not be right, but I think it's about midnight in Johannesburg. Um, So I know our students are probably uh, used to staying up late, but BT, how are you doing? I'm fine, Amy. I'm fine. (laughs) Wonderful. I'm fine. Thank you. So I'm hoping, BT, can you share a little bit more about your background, um, kind of your work with with young people, and what experiences led you um, to become a service learning teacher? Oh, hi, Amy, and uh, thank you for putting us on such a good platform. Um, And thank you to the listeners. Uh, My name is Biti Sekizenke. I'm, South, I'm, I'm a South African citizen, but Zimbabwean born. 
my father died uh, during the liberation war when I was uh, roughly primary six, end of primary six, December of primary six. He was a very kind man. And financially, he, he was doing very well. But when he died, was, was financial security also went with him. I remember we were suddenly so poor that we couldn't even afford a toothpaste. But during his lifetime, he had helped a certain lady called Barberis. Barberis, hearing about our plight, looked for us. We didn't even know that uh, my father had helped Barberis. But Barberis looked for us, found us, and uh, helped us until we got to our feet. This taught me that riches are not forever. And you can always lend a hand because you never know when you will need one yourself. So working with the youth, uh, I've taught at two government schools before coming to ISJ. The second one, Kubetono High School, um, had uh, struggling children uh, who came from broken homes, uh, poverty, and general hopelessness. I didn't know service learning the way I know about it now, the way I experience it now. Back then, I was the one who went into the community, worked with learners, parents, teachers, and social workers to alleviate some of the community issues and made sure that students didn't miss school and had an improved academic and social behavior. I'm still in touch with some of my Kubetwana students students. We lived with some of them during the academic years in our houses. Now, when I look at uh, ISJ, it's the students who go into the community. So it's more impactful. It has a bigger ripple effect, as is the young who are more energetic, who are innovative, and who are trying to solve or who want to have the hunger to solve the SDG goals. So to me, it's a, a little push, like what happened to us with Barberis, a little push can make anybody make it in life. That's an amazing story, BT. And um, I love what you said, always lend a hand because you never know when you'll need one. And um, that is so mm-hmm. true. That is so true. Um, and I, it's wonderful that you're still in touch with former students. So that says a lot about you as an educator, um, but also the culture of your school. I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit more about the American International School in Johannesburg. Um, what's the school like? Oh, it's a beautiful school. It's one of the best international schools. Our former director, Dr. Andy Page Smith, his tenure ended last year raised the bar so high, really, truly raised the bar. I feel so privileged to be working at ISJ. The support structures at ISJ, support structures to the school, to the students, to the staff, to the community, help you to feel privileged to be one of, to be part of the school community. It has a rich history, how it was founded. And not only that, it's a very diverse school in culture and nationalities. We have about uh, 107 student nationalities and 23 faculty nationalities. Our diverse is both beautiful and inspiring. So you can see that ISJ is a niche of diversity 
in its own. That's amazing. 107 different student nationalities. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious, like, mm-hmm. how does what role does service learning play in your school? What does that look like for students and for faculty? Now, when you, you see, when something is very important or it uh, has value in your systems, you put it in. So service learning is ingrained in the school culture and structures at ISJ. It is part of our identity. It's who we are. It's a graduation requirement. Teachers have a contractual agreement for extracurricular activities. How do we value service learning at ISJ? In the in our expectations and requirements in our school systems. So now, when you look at ISJ, there are four pillars. We have academics, arts, and athletics, and service as one of the fourth one. And if you look at our mission, vision, and core values, you'll see that service learning is ingrained in all those structures. So if you look at our mission, together we dare to imagine inspire to succeed, and courageously make a difference. You can't courageously make a difference if you're not being part of service or something greater than yourself. Our mission, we are inspired learners, connected, creative, and courageous. I will tap only the core values which are related to service learning. The core values related to service learning are a learning that is purposeful, that equips us to thrive in a changing world, that bring mutual respect and contributing positively to society is our responsibility. And all these, Amy, are posted around the school. So can you imagine our students, visitors, or anybody who comes to our school, seeing all these overcomers? This changes one's mindset. So to just to, to show off, <laughs> in our in our ISA community, we have the um, international schools in Africa. In our ISA community, we the people think that ISJ has a chip over his shoulder because we consider ourselves to be the eagles of Africa. <laughs> the ISJ eagles are fearless. We are tenacious. We are high flyers, and we nature our young ones. So. With all that I've told you, you can see, Amy, how important service learning is at ISJ. It is ingrained in our policies. And you can see from what we do, how we care ourselves, that service learning is important in our school. That's amazing. Uh, the imagery that you just brought um, to mind was just beautiful. And I love um, the use of the word courageous. Um, on multiple, like multiple levels and nurturing your young ones. I, you know, Mm -hmm. like I say, the imagery that that brings um, to mind is just so powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, BD, you and I have talked a little bit about this, but before we go to break, I would love to hear about, um, if you can share a little bit about the parents of your school and how they contribute to student success. We have a vibrant, uh, passionate uh, parent community. I think we thought our parent community wouldn't be doing as well as we are doing right now. 
our parent community, like now, the students I have here, their parents are some of our supporters. We have Project Dignity where we supply this reusable sanitary pads. Our parent community are the ones who raise the funds. For our service learning, we have what we call the Baobab Fund. So where if they say the students cannot fundraise the money, they can't get the money, they can't source the money, they can apply to their Baobab Fund for fundraising, for, for financial assistance. The resources, uh, donations, help, and even not only financial, but also time and human resources. Those are our parent communities in at ISG. So I think we do very well. That's why I think Amy, you're bringing this up because I have told you on so many levels how privileged we are to have such a good parent community. Yeah, it, the stories that you share around your parent engagement um, is just, it's something I think that every school dreams of. So I just, I wanted to have you share that. And I really appreciate you kind of setting the stage. So we're going to take a brief um, pause, but when we come back, um, we're going to continue our conversation um, with our guests from the American International School in Johannesburg. And we're going to hear from our students, Shanze and Anna. So stay with us on the power of young people to change the world. Voice America Empowerment Radio. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, a view through the veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You 
are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. So welcome back, everybody. Um, today I'm joined by students Anna and Shanze and their service learning teacher, BT. Um, again, I just want to thank you guys for joining me here today. I know it's late where you are, um, but I really appreciate the fact that you um, were willing to, to be with us on the show. So Anna, I want to start with you. So I know you're 11th grade this year. So can you tell us a little bit more about you? What do you like to do? What's school like for you? Yes. Um, so, yes, I'm an 11th grader. So I'm in my busiest year so far. So it's been a lot of schoolwork. But I still have time to do the things that I really enjoy, which are dancing. And as I said before, I'm interested in fashion and in particular sustainable fashion. And I also love working with music and cooking and nutrition. In fact, nutrition is what I'm thinking of majoring in college. Very cool. Any like thoughts about um, career that involve? Like, are you think? What are you thinking about with nutrition? I'm I'm not sure yet. I'm thinking of either working with sports teams or working in um, impoverished communities. I am. I'm, I speak Spanish, and I have friends in Colombia and a place to stay there. So I think working in rural communities around there or in some areas in South America would be very, would be nice. That's amazing. I hope you're able to realize that dream because, you know, to take something that you're really interested in in school and then translate that to career while giving back. That's that's absolutely amazing. So you talked a little bit, um, and I did in the introduction, about sustainable fashion. So um, how did you discover that you cared about this issue? And, and maybe you can share what is sustainable fashion? Um, you know, share a little bit more about this issue with, with our listeners so they, they understand it a little bit like you do. Yes, well, first off... Um, I really got into service because of my family. So my mother has always been involved in service wherever we have lived. Um, for example, we, she helped out with a woman's shelter. And um, here she helped with the um, service partner, Tokozani. And she's always been a part of the parent association. And my father, he works in agriculture and tractors. And one of his major goals is helping millions of people gain a stable food source. And so he's helped distributed um, technology for farming and for enable sustainable farming. So that's where like the idea of sustainability came from me as well. Growing up in South Africa and being surrounded and seeing firsthand the struggles and the disadvantages of um, unstable infrastructure and unsustainable infrastructure here, it's really uh, affected me. For example, our water system in particular, 37% of fresh water is wasted due to faulty um, faulty piping in South Africa. Um, in terms of sustainable fashion, here when you go into the townships, you see a lot of what people wear is is hand me downs, and so it is quite sus- sustainable in that respect. But there's still so much waste that goes in with fashion, and for me, and the reason I actually started this service was almost an accident. 
I wanted to make a, a thrift store almost at school where the students could bring in their old clothes and either donate it to um, maybe a township or almost like a bartering system where you can trade with other students clothes that you don't want anymore. Um, when I brought this up with uh, the service leader or the service coordinators, there were, of course, COVID um, restrictions and thing, um, concerns about that. And they also told me that it was a bit too specific. And so instead, I was told to, at, to talk with um, a teacher, a new teacher, who's also my Eagle Form teacher, which is like a homeroom teacher at AASJ, named Mr. Lasord. And he, in his old school, had started a sustainability service. And so once talking with him and learning about more sides of sustainability and seeing just how much of a need there is in our community and in our, our local and global community, um, we decided to work together to start the sustainability service. So, so what does the sustainability, sustainability service look like? What, is, what do you do? So currently, we have been doing some things. We um, we have three um, main objectives of our service, and those are to educate, to implement, and to support. For education, we have done multiple campaigns um, teaching people about plants, how to take care of the environment, and um, especially with Earth Day, which was just recently, we did something with... Um, each grade, we played uh, a Kahoot, which is like a quiz-like game to raise awareness about like endangered species and recycling and different ways that you could help. As well, we ask um, for students and teachers, faculty, and even um, parents to evaluate and reevaluate their choices. Um, in terms of implementation. We haven't done much due to COVID, but we are hoping that in the future we can start um, looking to sustainable energy and improving water infrastructure at school, as well as recycling bins. And our final um, objective is support. And so far, again, COVID has hindered our and many of other services' ability to work with service partners especially since our service was created this December. So it's still very new. And we haven't actually been able to reach out to service partners because of this COVID. But we are hoping to work with thing, with people like EcoBrick and other local um, organizations to help with um, creating sustainable infrastructure and supporting them in different ways. That's amazing. I mean, you talk about just starting in December during a pandemic and um, the things that you've already accomplished are huge. That's amazing. And I hope that at some point um, you're able to realize that um, that idea of um, sustainable fashion and that sharing and um, exchange. Um, I think it's 
we think about the waste that goes into clothing, but you, it, there's like this whole, I have a whole thing around like packaging that <laughs> you and I could talk about off the air, I'm sure as well. So, um, you know, all the things that go into, um, into fashion that are, just aren't sustainable, but I love the education piece and the fact that you're working with younger kids and starting young, right? So, um, so that it's just part of what we know and what we do. So it's amazing. So congratulations on all of the work you and success you've had over the last few months. Thank you. So Shanze, um, I want to make sure that, uh, that you can share your story as well. Um, first, um, can you tell us a little bit more about you? And I really, I, I, I kind of set you up at the beginning of the show, but I really need to understand what ice hockey looks like in South Africa because it doesn't match what's in my head, I'm sure. Of course. Hi. So um, when I was six years old, my father took our family on an outing to the ice rink. And that was the first time I ever wore a pair of skates, which for an ice hockey player, that's a really important moment. Um, I stood there and I watched in awe as a hockey team made their way onto the ice. And the connection for me there was just instant. Despite my mom's reluctance because she thought it was a dangerous sport, I started to play with our local team in Maryland, which was my home until I moved to South Africa two years ago. And um, like you said, one wouldn't really associate South Africa with ice hockey, but there are several teams here. And I actually play with one that has the same name as the famous NHL team from Washington, D.C., which is named the Capitals. <laughs> um, if I'm being honest, it's actually really amazing to play here. I get to play on several different teams and make friends with South African peers I've even learned some Afrikaans and it truly allows me to like immerse with the South African community. And overall, I'd say the ice hockey experience here is quite cool. That's awesome. Like I say, coming from Minnesota and the state of hockey, I just had to understand <laughs> where that, where that came from for you, but that's, that's amazing. Um, so you have, you're addressing a really, um, I think, another important topic in gender-based violence. And it's definitely not an issue that many ninth graders um, are aware of or definitely not tackling. Um, how did you become passionate about this issue? So going on with the ice hockey as before, um, the first ice hockey team I ever played with was an all-boys team. And quite frankly, I was the worst one there. And as I grew into this ice hockey culture, I started to notice how some boys think of girls who play hockey, that they don't belong on the ice. And with countless remarks being made and actions occurring that left me feeling really hurt and vulnerable, I further saw the reality of gender-based violence without the context of what it meant. I was always shy in social studies and any class that really required an answer based off of my own opinions. Um, so in other words, I didn't know how to share my voice without feeling completely terrified. Um, this was until I moved to South Africa and I was um, encouraged to do this eighth grade human rights project, which we researched um, a human rights violation. I chose gender-based violence. And at first I was scared, but sometimes we find passion where we least expect it. And my research into the topic completely changed me into wanting to demand action. And like you said, ninth grade is a young age to know about gender-based violence, 
we must keep in mind that there are young children out there who know nothing other than a life full of facing acts of gender-based violence. They live through it every day, yet other people my age have the privilege to say that they don't even know what it is. And that's where I think the issue lays. That's where I think we must educate everyone on the issue because this will help raise conversations and awareness in places that need to understand the magnitude of the problem. I'll be honest, right now I'm speechless <laughs> because <laughs> that is so well said, so well said. Um, what does this look like? How are you doing addressing this issue in your community right now? Um, so I started off with raising awareness through the school community at AISJ um, in honor of the UN campaign, Orange the World's 16 Days of Activism Against Gender-Based Violence. I put up self-made posters and created a website full of resources for people to read through. And I also encourage people to, in our community to wear the color orange, which if you didn't know, the color orange represents a world free of violence. Um, I made discussion questions that each advisory talked through, and I even had the opportunity to go around to some advisories and help lead the discussions. And during those 16 days, so many people came up to me feeling so proud to show me their orange apparel and items that they used to show support. And as we know, the efforts towards ending gender-based violence must continue beyond just 16 days. So my current service effort is more action-based and hands-on. It's called One Cake at a Time. And at least that's what I call it. <laughs> um, on Tuesday afternoons, I take cupcakes to a township school, which is located just five minutes away from AISJ. And so far, I've met with ninth and 10th grade girls. We sit in a circle, share experiences, and discuss ways in which we can work to bring change. At the end of the conversation, everyone writes their thoughts and gets a cupcake to celebrate them and to make our interaction more memorable. I put an N, like the letter N, on some cupcakes and O's on others. And this represents and goes to show to the fact that to create no to gender-based violence, we have to come together as one. That's amazing. So we do have to take a break. So we're going to let everybody go get a cupcake. And, um, and then we'll come back and we'll continue our conversation with BD, Anna, and Shanze. So stay with me, Amy Muirs, on the power of young people to change the world, Voice American Empowerment Radio. We'll be right back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of 
of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual Spring National Service Learning Conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real-world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. So if you're just joining us, today we're discussing how students at the American School in Johannesburg are using service learning to address sustainability and gender-based violence. And so I'd like to ask BD, who um, is the, the teacher for service learning at the school, how are you using service learning to support your students in tackling such difficult community issues? Uh, when you look at uh, South African communities, you can't talk of South Africa outside the context of apartheid because we are living the consequences of apartheid. Uh, we just had on the 27th of April, we just had our independence, 27 years into independence. We look at the SDGs, the Freedom Day. Now, I want to quote Nelson Mandela uh, when he talked of freedom. For to be free is not merely to cast one's chains, but to live in a way that respects and enhances and enhances the freedom of others. Now, when we look at all these, the SDGs, the Freedom Day, and the high inequality gap, the COVID-19, which has made the inequality gap be so be so visible. So how is ISJ equipping students in tackling these community challenges? Because South Africa has a triple challenge, unemployment, poverty, and inequality. So to me, ISJ has the the capabilities. It has the passion, the structures to support our students to to be global citizens and change makers that we want to see. That is how I think we are best supporting our students. If you look at South Africa, even on the Lego platform, I think if I stand to be corrected, it's one of the, it's the only African country where it supports LGBTQI+. So when you look at all these, South Africa has the best of African culture, of Africa and the best of of the West. 
And then we have so many needs in South Africa. And then it's at ISJ, somebody will say, oh, how many services do you have? Do you know we have roughly around uh, 24 different service uh, learning activities or service activities? Somebody will be like, that's too much. But the need is great here, where we are here. And this also helps our students to get a niche opportunity and find their passions and have that experimental learning platform with these diverse 24, 20 to 24 service groups, I think ISJ has those capabilities and structures to support our students. That's amazing. And happy Independence Day since we're just two days um, past that. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I want to hear from, from our students. Um, Anna, maybe you can share. So there's 24 different service or service learning activities happening in, this, in your school. So what has your experience been like as a student um, with, these, with these opportunities? Um, and I'm also curious um, how you've engaged other students um, to help you address um, sustainability. Yes, so because ASJ is very service-based and there are so many services, there's a lot of support and, yes, support that you're given as a service and many people come and help and there's just a very, an overall, this positive environment for all services in ASJ. In terms of our service and how we've engaged um, students and our community in sustainability, um, again, one of our main objectives, education, is the one that mostly is based around um, engaging with the community directly. Um, so with Earth Day, we had, uh, as I said, a um, some posters and informative and engaging cahoots. And we had direct student-teacher participation and reflection when we asked them to share and talk about their, their favorite thing like naturally naturally given by um, mother nature and earth we had students talk about um one of my favorites was um sticking your feet in cold water in a stream in a river and just enjoying nature like that and kind of making people realize that there's so much beauty in this earth and that we need to real we need to keep it we need to save it for the future and make it to sustainable living so that we can have that as well we have um as a service implemented something called the eagle forum plant which is we gave every single homeroom which we call eagle forum we gave them a spec boom plant which is a native south african plant and we gave them um we used propagation so we took a like a mother tree or just a big um, plant. We cut off branches and we gave each classroom, I believe there are, th are 30 in total, and we gave them each a branch and they're growing it until it makes roots and then we can plant it elsewhere. And so this intended effect is just to show them how easy it is to grow a plant, how easy it is to really create something that will last longer than probably all of them. That's amazing. I really appreciate the um, the the visual, like using the mother tree and the roots um, that grow from that, and also that you talked about reflection. So um, 
Reflection is one of the standards of quality practice for service learning. Um, and so in that, um, with that in mind, Shanze, um, what did you learn about the community you were serving um, through your service project? So with the communities I've been working with, I found so many misconceptions of service learning in action that aren't really talked about. So one big one would be the fact that we should not consider those who we are engaging with as somehow limited. They're often very strong people with amazing stories and experiences. And because they know their environment so well, we are actually the ones um, who can give them the resources and they are the ones who can make the difference in their communities. Um, I learned that everyone has power and the power to, to think about and bring change. Finally, despite what appear to be our differences, there are a lot of similar similarities between everyone in this world. I mean, if you really think about it, we are all one big world community. And just because someone is different or from a different background, that doesn't really mean that we don't share common ideas. I personally shared so many funny jokes and similarities with the students I've been meeting with. And honestly, it was a surprise to me how similar we are. And that's what they've taught me, that we aren't so different after all. That's wonderful. I love um, everyone has power. And that's that's a huge takeaway. Um, Beattie, we have a few minutes before our next break, and I would love for you to share what does success look like for your students, for your school, and for the communities that you're serving? Hmm. You know, when I saw this, I, I laughed because success is such an interesting word. I'll borrow from some philosophers. To be successful is to, to have made the right use of one's life. Is, is that what we are equipping our students to do, for them to realize that when you are using your, li your life to uplift somebody or to do the right things? Now, according to Obama, it is about the difference you make in people's lives. According to Churchill, when, to Churchill, it's going from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. And I think I love this. And I'll borrow again the last part from M.M. Wants, it's a 1960 poem, 1960 poem. Imagine. Success is not what you're doing. It is what you become. Success is achieved in becoming and giving. What kind of person are you becoming each day? That's success. What kind of world will result from your way? That's success. So to me, all these sum up success in many different forms and expectations. So to my students, Amy, success is allowing them to choose the right thing and giving them a platform to become true global citizens. I'm a chemistry teacher. I'm very passionate about chemistry. So I'll give you a good uh, example. For a reaction to take place, there has to be a system. You need a system for erection to take place. And you have to have reactants. So I look at ISJ as the system, the platform, the catalyst. And my students and the service learning partners as the reactants. For them to react, to have that relationship, for success to come about, we, ISJ is bringing that platform, those structures for them to grow. Now, 
Each generation must discover its mission, fulfill it or betray it in relative opacity. That's France. Now, if we are doing the right thing, if we are helping our students the right way, then we should be helping them to find their passions. And then using the SDG rallying call, leave no one behind. And so service learning can help students reach this goal of leaving no one behind. That is perfectly said. And um, uh, just for our listeners, in case um, you're not quite following, um, SDGs are the um, Sustainable Development Goals. So um, we encourage you to connect um, your learning to the Sustainable Development Goals. Um, We need to take one last short break. So when we come back, we'll get some final reflection from our guests. So stay with me, Amy Muir's on the power of young people to change the world. And remember, you can always follow the show on social media at nylc.org or find us on our website at nylc.org. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. What's the difference between leaders who achieve exceptional results with ease and those who struggle to keep up? Tune in for Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. You'll discover the simple practices that are making the biggest difference to a leader's success today. You'll meet leaders who are bringing out the best in their teams. You'll gain practical strategies to lead yourself and others to high performance with ease. Leading on Purpose airs live Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. So welcome back, everyone. Um, In our last few minutes, I want to get some final reflections from our guests. Um, Beattie, 
Let's start with you. Um, you are working with some amazing young people. And um, as I said on break, I could sit and talk to you guys all day and, um, and really dig into the work that you're doing and that the students are doing. I'm curious, is there something that's really surprised you about your work with these young people? Oh, yes, Emmy. Yes. Uh, their hunger to be part of change. They push and cheer me on to assist them and provide ideas on innovations for service. They use their diversity to better the world they live in. When I see their faces light up in success and passion, that takes my breath away and surprises me. They are truly willing and capable. And I think don't underestimate the power of service. It's a two-way relationship. That's beautiful. Um, so well said. So well said. Um, Anna, I'm wondering if you could share um, what you've really learned about yourself through these experiences. Well, I've learned so much. For example, I learned just how amazing it feels when someone mentions the work you've done. I was, after we did the Kahoot, I remember talking with my friend and she didn't know that I made the Kahoot and she just talked about how much fun it was and how like competitive it got and how just some, how she and her ego form enjoyed it. And I just seeing and knowing that what you've done has influenced others in a positive way is just something I didn't really know before. And it's just such an amazing feeling as well. I've, I've learned that I'm really actually interested in sustainability on like a much greater level than I once thought. Um, so much so that um, I'm interested in taking a sustainable enterprise course in college under an entrepreneurship program. That's amazing. That would be um, quite the course, I'm sure. <laughs> we'll have to have you back on the show if you're if you're able to do that and then and share about that. Um, so, Shanze, um, if you could share just one takeaway with our listeners, what would that be? I would say it's important to keep in mind that we all have power to make a change. And we all need to start caring because issues like gender-based violence will not solve themselves. No matter where we are or who we are, we can create change. And personally, I believe that's the coolest thing about service, that we can all be superheroes if we strive to be one. And big or small, every effort counts. Every effort will make an impact. And I encourage everyone listening right now to go out and find their passion in the service world. This world needs more change makers and it truly does start with you. So let's all be superheroes and start something amazing today. <laughs> That's, that is perfect. Um, we all need to stand up and be superheroes. Um, I'm going to circle back with BD um, and just ask kind of the same question. Um, as a service learning educator, you've been doing this um, for at least five years, much, much longer, truly. Um, what advice or takeaway would you give to the educators who are listening? Um, what, what would you say to them um, if they're thinking about getting started or, um, or maybe just struggling um, to find their footing in service learning? What would you share with them? Oh, thank you, Amy, for that. I think 
student voice is very important. Looking for those, the finding the passions in students. If you listen, if you have listened to Anna and Shanse, you'll see that what comes out is their passions. Is their then they can build their skill set there. You also need to have a supportive structure, a school which is supportive. We wouldn't be able to do all this if we didn't have a supportive school structure. Not only school structure, a community that is supportive. So all of these, it's, it's little bits, but they are the ones which are needed in turning the wheel for service. You need each other in other ways. We all need each other. That is definitely um, definitely the case. And as we're talking about, um, you know, tackling the um, sustainable development goals and making those connections for our students, um, there's there's so much that goes into that. And you guys have shared um, so many lessons that that we can all learn from, and it's so greatly appreciated. So I'm gonna um, I'm gonna ask Shanze. I'm gonna come back to you. Um, we have just a few more minutes. Um, so, what impact did this experience have on you? Like, how have you grown um, because of your service learning experience? So, in the beginning, I was really intimidated by walking into a room and talking to peers I didn't know about such a challenging topic. But I have realized that it is so easy to make connections and have really meaningful conversations if you truly believe in what you are doing. And I've also learned that peer-to-peer conversations are so powerful because we are learning from each other and just giving that reaffirmation that even if we are 14 or 15 years old, our thoughts matter and our actions count. That we don't always need to have an older voice in the room to empower us that Um, or tell us what we need to do. We have the ability to show each other the way to address even some very challenging issues. And adding on to that, I've learned that we don't always need endless resources to bring change. And the most important thing is just to begin, to not hold back on what you're truly trying to do. Because most of the time, resources are limited. But if we are willing to think creatively, we have the resources we need. And I feel like, especially in this time of COVID, where resources are more limited than ever, this is really important to remember. You guys, um, Petey, I think your students, um, they should be uh, just, I, I'm giving them a standing round of ovation, and that's all I can say, um, just to be able to articulate so well um, the passion and the the commitment that we have um, for this uh, work is just, it's, it's astounding and just amazing. Um, you guys are doing such wonderful things in your communities, in your school. I just want to thank each of you for joining me today. Um, Again, you stayed up late <laughs> so that you could share your passion and energy to tackle these difficult issues, and um, you did it with grace and just beauty. So thank you, um, Beatty. Thank you for sharing your amazing knowledge and expertise and for all of this great work that you're doing to support your students in their learning and leadership. Um, it is truly, truly um, something that we can all look to as a model. 
Um, I do want to put a little plug in. Um, if you're interested in learning more about service learning, um, you can download NYLC's latest publication, the newly revised and updated Getting Started in Service Learning, which is available for free thanks to our partners at the Allstate Foundation. So just visit our store at nylc.org under content. Next week, we're going to have another great show for you. I'm going to be joined by 16-year-old Caleb Smith. Um, Caleb took his love of bunnies and has created Peace Bunny Island, where he trains different breeds of bunnies to be therapy animals. Um, Caleb's been part of our National Service Learning Conference community for a few years, but he's recently garnered some attention with the release of um, his book, and he's been featured in People Magazine, The Kelly Clarkson Show, Today Show, among others. So I'm really excited to have Caleb join us to share his journey we're going to talk bunnies, social entrepreneurship, service learning, and following your dreams. So mark your calendars Thursdays at 6 o'clock Eastern. And until next week, don't be afraid to serve, learn, change the world. Thank you for tuning in this week to The Power of Young People to Change the World. Your host, Amy Muirs, will return for another program next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll serve, learn, change the world. 